are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, NFL fans, to another episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day with your Tuesday host, Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings and myself, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. On today's episode of Locked On NFL, the Atlanta Falcons and Los Angeles Chargers have hired their new head coaches. We'll discuss which hire we love, which hire we hate, and why then Drew Brees may have played his final game in the NFL after the Saints' divisional round loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm here if you need to talk. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's going to be necessary. If we, it's a hard time. I, I know, know. I know. It, it, it's tough, but we're going to get through it. Uh, and look, if we did indeed see the last of Drew Brees, we're going to talk about what's to be made of his legacy on today's episode. And then we're going to wrap up with our Tuesday fantasy form. Marcus Mosher joins to talk Michael Thomas's fantasy value without Drew Brees which way is he trending and why Patrick Mahomes isn't the only quarterback we're targeting next season once again I'm Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter joined as always on Tuesdays by Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL and this is Locked On NFL Luke we got a couple of coaching hires over the weekend some news still being solidified for instance Dan Campbell is set to become the Detroit Lions head coach he's expected to accept that position on Wednesday after doing exit interviews with his staff in New Orleans but a couple of solidified hires with the Atlanta Falcons bringing in former uh, offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans, Arthur Smith, and then defensive coordinator Brandon Staley going from the Los Angeles Rams to the Los Angeles Chargers. Let's start off with Arthur Smith because I know you really like the fit of Smith I to do. Atlanta. Why is that? Yeah, well, I think the biggest reason is it's the wide zone, right? Arthur Smith mm-hmm. learned the wide zone from uh, Mike Lafleur or from Matt Lafleur, and that comes from the you know the Sean McVay, the Kyle Shanahan days. Listen, when right. Kyle Shanahan was in Atlanta, Matt Ryan had the year of his life. They, that's the mm-hmm. year they went to the Super Bowl. Let's return to that formula. Um, I, I just I really love the fit there. Yeah, absolutely. It makes a ton of sense. And you know, covering the Saints, the NFC South. NFC South team should kind of be on notice here because the NFC South does get an opportunity to get very interesting yet again next season, bringing that system back to Atlanta. Yeah, I know, right? It's always very interesting. But, you know, uh, now more than ever with potentially Atlanta getting the system back that carried them to the Super Bowl. I know a lot of people want to give that credit to Dan Quinn, but there's a reason why Dan Quinn is getting that role filled by the guy that's bringing in Kyle Shanahan's former system, getting it back to Matt Ryan and that offense. So it'd be uh, pretty fun to see exactly how that all works out. But the other hire over on the West Coast, it's the Los Angeles Chargers getting Brandon Staley, the former defensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Rams. Before we give our opinions on that, let's hear from Daniel Wade of Locked On Chargers. What's up, guys? This is Daniel Wade from Locked On Chargers here with the news that the Chargers have hired Brandon Staley, the Rams defensive coordinator, to be their new head coach. Staley only has one year of defensive coordinator experience leading the top defense in the NFL with the Rams last season but this is also a hiring in my mind that also had to do with the offensive side of the ball too. Brandon Staley is a former college quarterback who builds his defense based on what he thinks the quarterback is going to see so he brought in a very detailed plan on how he is going to groom and develop Justin Herbert which has to be so important to the Chargers. The Chargers are taking a big risk on the 38 year old very inexperienced coach but it said that once they got him in the building they're not going to let him 
him leave because of his football IQ, because of the way he connects with his players. If you want to follow more on the Chargers, make sure to subscribe to Locked on Chargers wherever you get your podcast from your team every day. Yeah, so listening to that, that does not inspire a lot of confidence for me. Because it <laughs> seems like it like it seems like the main point is boy, he got into our building and impressed us a lot. Like he had a good interview, but that doesn't really read as that much evidence of being a good coach. It just means he did an impressive interview. Maybe he does have a lot of football IQ. Everybody in the NFL has high football IQ. I don't think you get to that point without really like knowing your way around a whiteboard, right? But I guess I'm skeptical in going and getting a very inexperienced defensive coach for a defense that wasn't that bad, despite all its injuries. Mm -hmm. Like, that doesn't feel like the problem you should build your franchise around solving. And you have a second-year quarterback, and Brian Dable was right there. Like, I could not envision a better match than Brian Dable going to uh, the, the Chargers and and coaching up Justin Herbert and kind of unlocking Justin Herbert the way that he unlocked Josh Allen. Like, that influence feels like such a great marriage to me. And to decline that because, like, a guy had a good interview just feels like a whiff to me. Yeah, I think Dan has a lot of reasons to be excited that he shares. I mean, he, he looks at the bolstering of that defense, uh, of course, Brandon Staley bringing in the number one defense when it came to points allowed at 18.6 points per game, yards allowed at 281.9, passing yards allowed at only 190.7 yards allowed. So there's a lot of reasons to be excited around that, a lot of reasons to be excited about the potential that you could see him maybe bring, considering that he built his defenses off of what he knows as a former quarterback. It's where I could understand a little bit of excitement and a little bit of hope coming from how Brandon Staley oh, for who sure. will certainly bring something in over on the defensive side, can still contribute something over on the offensive side. But I understand what you're saying. Like there was a sure thing over in the offense to help out bolstering where you essentially go strength to strength. For sure. And if he ports over that wide zone, the McVeigh wide zone, which I also think is a pretty good fit for Justin Herbert. Like that's not a bad mm-hmm. fit by any stretch of the imagination. But if you're one of those Chargers fans that really wants the the Chargers to be pass first and not be as run heavy, that is not the scheme that you are going to be asking for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess it, it kind of depends upon maybe what the offensive coordinator situation looks like with the new head coach in the building, things like that, or what direction they try to push the offense. But I think if the if the intent here was to bolster the defense, then the hire of Brandon Staley certainly does that. The question mark becomes, how does that affect the leadership and what the look of the offense looks like? Exactly. But right now it is still the offenses that are king with the Bills, the Packers, the Chiefs and the Buccaneers all still in it on conference championship weekend. It's coming up. And if you want to get yourself into a little bit of grambling, there is only one place that has you covered. One place that we all trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50 percent welcome bonus. And I believe Chiefs Bucks is the Super Bowl matchup that would have the biggest spread on Bet Online, mm-hmm. at least as it stands right now, at yep. three and a half points. They're all fixing to be good matchups. What do you think, Ross? What would you take in a Chiefs Bucks Super Bowl? Oh, I think I would I would take the Chiefs and I would take those points. I really would. I would slam it. Yeah. <laughs> I would jump Chiefs in minus that three in and a half? second. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Especially Don't if Patrick sit- Mahomes is returned and healthy, of course. But yeah. Of course, yeah. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
Luke, 2020 is mercifully over. We did it. We're out of it. It is now 2021. <laughs> I don't know how different it feels just yet, but I know which I'll is the frying pan and which is the fire. Right, exactly <laughs> right. But no matter what, it is time for a fresh start when it comes to a few more wins. So if you're betting this year, make sure that you check out Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. Now, Luke, you know, part of the continuation of 2020 for me so far was the elimination of the New Orleans Saints from the playoffs to division rival Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're here for you. I appreciate it so much. It, it, it <laughs> feels it feels worse because the Saints became the first team in the NFC South to sweep the NFC South. It had never happened in the NFC South's existence, wow. and then they went on to lose then- in the playoffs. <laughs> To an NFC South team. <laughs> oh, no. So it's just the absolute worst. Uh, but it was made a little bit more sour for Saints fans because most Saints fans are a little, you know, numb when it comes to playoff exits, as I'm sure you're aware of. But when it comes down to this one. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, a couple things. Uh, but when it comes down <laughs> to this one, um, it, it feels sorry, all the way. This is a safe space. Sorry. It's supposed to be safe. Not, it's supposed to be I'm safe. Not you're not supposed to be taking shots. <laughs> you're not supposed to be taking shots. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's on me. That's on me. That's my bad. It's all good. It's all about it's all about accountability. Um but <laughs> Hey Brian Schott never got fired this week. That's me. That's right. That's right. Uh but when it came down to this game, it was made all the more uh tough, you know, tougher pill to swallow for Saints fans because it might have been Drew Brees' final game. Uh there were a lot of rumors. Jay Glazer, who has an in with Sean Payton, and by in with Sean Payton, I mean he talks to Sean Payton probably mm-hmm. and uh had, you know reported before the game that if nothing else, even if even if Drew Brees and, and the Saints had won, that it would be Drew Brees' final game in the Superdome. So if this is indeed the end of Drew Brees' career and the end of his 15 seasons with New Orleans uh and his 20 years in the NFL, how would you remember his legacy? as a quarterback and within the standing of Hall of Fame, all those other conversations that are sure to take place. I mean, yeah, this might be a little bit out of turn for me because I'm not too familiar with like the history of the NBA, but mm-hmm. he's kind of football Tim Duncan, where he was just sure. consistently always very good. And Big he was fundamentals. Always a contender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always a contender. Always somebody you had to get by in the playoffs if you wanted to have success in those playoffs. Always somebody that was in the conversation, right? And even though that he only won one of those Super Bowls, that's not that weird. Brett Favre only won one Super Bowl in 20 years of being dominant. He's first ballot Hall of Fame. Easy, right? He made the first ballot Hall of Fame. I think Drew Brees is on the same path. And there's a lot of kind of hubbub about like his playoff record being nine and nine in the playoffs, nine and eight as a New Orleans Saint. But the mm-hmm. way the playoffs are set up, the way that single elimination works is it's really actually difficult to get above 500 in the playoffs unless you specifically get to the Super Bowl. Because otherwise right. you're either 0 and 1 or if you if you get the first round by but lose in the uh, conference championship game, like what will happen to a team in the AFC this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one and one in the playoffs, right? Like, and it looks like it's five hundred, but that's clearly not like a five hundred performance, like right. So I think I I think you have to kind of uh give a little bit more credit for that whole thing, and I think looking at like postseason now, if you wanted to look at like was he did he outperform his regular season stats in the postseason or whatever, and do that exercise, like go for it. Mm-hmm. But I think that probably shouldn't define his legacy. His legacy should be as he was constantly in the top three in the NFL for like. Almost two decades. That is right. remarkable. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you could look at the number of 5,000-yard seasons, him having more than individual quarterbacks have achieved. Uh, You can look at the fact that, uh, you know, the completion percentage leader, completions leader all time, passing Mm -hmm. yardage leader all time. You know, I think he's probably, I mean, he's going to finish very likely second with the, uh, well, he's second right now behind Tom Brady, but I don't know if there's anybody that's that's close enough to him to knock him off of second anytime soon within the next couple of seasons. He'll be second in be like passing touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, when it comes down to it, he he is not he is either at the top or firmly implanted at the top of just about any conversation you can have in the statistics game. The conversation just comes down to what is it that you value more? Do you value the rings or do you value the success on the field in terms of uh, mm-hmm. you know statistics and, and and production and winning football games? And and even that, you know, you're asking those questions to to rank him among like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Like, the, right, like he right. belongs in that conversation unquestionably. And I think that's where his legacy is for me. And we can always argue about who is better between Marino and Montana and Manning and all that. And, and mm-hmm. but Breeze is in there. And and I think that's what's important. Yeah. I mean, we have to acknowledge, though, that a 134 yard passing day with three interceptions is not the greatest way for the uh, for the flame to go out for Drew Brees. But even outside of that, if you leave the recency bias out of it, which of course there's going to be a lot of people that are going to talk about Drew Brees because they want to mention how right they were about him being quote unquote done at this point in his career. But I think once that all kind of simmers down and and kind of holds over or or, or fades out rather, that the holdover will be for a long time just the long wait until he becomes a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think there's anything that really stands in the way of that. There is the two Super Bowl conversation like we were just having, but I mean, you look at Eli Manning, do you want the guy who had two Super Bowls or do you want the guy who right. had a 500 record over the course of his career as opposed yeah. to Drew Brees? Single elimination postseasons are fluky. That's it's yeah. just not a great barometer. Yeah, exactly. Drew Brees, of course, 172 and 114 over the course of his entire career. So pretty good win percentage there. And I think most franchises would definitely take that. And certainly the New Orleans Saints, at worst, being seven and nine over the time of his tenure, most NFL franchises, of course, would take that as well as four straight uh, right. playoff appearances. With historically bad defenses in those right. years. So it's right. like... Yeah, there's and, the context really, too, right? Yeah. yeah. And really good offenses too. Like even in those years, the, the QB wins argument like super didn't apply to Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. So on the field, his legacy is, I think, pretty unquestionable. Like if you want to question Drew Brees' legacy on the field, you have to make some pretty bad arguments. Yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting to me about Drew Brees' career though? Despite being at the top consistently, statistically throughout the regular season, like just having that conversation, only one all pro season. And of course, it was 2006, his first season in New Orleans on top of all that. But only one all pro his entire career, one first team all pro his entire career. Yeah. And, and I think that is another thing that just kind of gets blown up by being mm-hmm. in the same league as Tom Brady for a long time. We're like, right. what writer was going to not vote for Tom Brady during some of those years? Right. And it kind of didn't matter. what and, and Peyton Manning and stuff like that. And it's like, there were kind of a lot of greats in the 2000s and 2010s. And I think we just kind of have to recognize that they, they coexisted and the like quirks of accolades that that creates. Yeah. And of course, the, the change of the game in terms of it being more of a passing league sure. and all, all these other things that trended toward that. Being the uh, being the game, but if that is the end for Drew Brees' career, I still say a successful career. Uh, four straight playoff appearances, four straight playoff eliminations, of course, also, but four straight playoff appearances, 
four straight double digit, you know, win seasons, four straight divisional titles. I think you'll take that uh, with any quarterback at, in the twilight of his career. Absolutely. And speaking of things in the twilight of their career, my car <laughs> needs a lot of maintenance these days. Uh, and, and sometimes you got to take it in, right? But sometimes like changing your oil or going and getting, uh, going in and, and getting a routine part switch or something like that, mm-hmm. or even just switching out like a, flu- a windshield wiper fluid or something. You can do a lot of that yourself. And to make sure you get the supplies you need, head on over to rockauto.com because their very expansive and easy to navigate ca- catalog allows you to enter your year, your make, your model. They'll even help you out if you don't know that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they'll make sure that you're getting a uh, a brand of part or supply that fits your car, making sure you're getting something that matches because that can be really confusing and tough if you get it wrong. So let them do all that work for you and save a buck while you're at it. Head on over to rockauto.com. And in the How You Heard About Us section at checkout, make sure you let them know that Locked On sent you. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. For some NFL teams like uh, Luke and I, the season is over. But Join us. the work is joyous and just beginning. Join Trevor Sigma and Benjamin Solak over at the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast every Tuesday as they start their Team Takeover Tuesday offseason series. I'm really excited about this. Each week, they're going to pick a new team, take a deep dive into potential front office and head coach signings and hirings, uh, roster review, free agent strategies, and go through team-centric mock drafts. That's every Tuesday over at Locked On NFL Draft. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right, y'all. It is Tuesday here on Locked On NFL, and that can only mean one thing that yesterday was Monday, but also it means that we have our fantasy <laughs> forum today. You've got myself, Ross Jackson, Luke Braun, joined by Marcus Mosher at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter, host of Locked On Cowboys, as well as one of the hosts over at Locked On Dynasty Football. Marcus, thanks so much for joining us again today, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. I said, you know, Ross, we were talking pre-show. I was just a little worried about you. I almost called you last night to see if you were hanging in there. <laughs> just, uh, just a little nervous about you, buddy. I appreciate this it. Is... I'm glad that you didn't call me last night and that you got like, <laughs> a, 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 you know, a, a collected answer today. We've been in a safe space today. Yeah. Yes, the, very the, safe space today. The the <laughs> first few hours after you get knocked out of the playoffs are rough. But when you have, you know, the league's all-time leading passer retire basically on the same day. I don't know how you're doing it. Yeah, Not to rub salt in the wound or anything no, like that. No, no, no. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's part of what makes it tricky. Like, we are conditioned for the playoff losses. That's been four years in a row. That's easy. It's the it's the my it's the uh, the Drew Brees situation. And this one course, didn't even end on a controversial call or an overtime. No, this was what we call diagnosable. <laughs> There's nothing diagnosable. to be bitter at. There's there's no Stefan Diggs to be bitter at, or the officials. Nope. Nothing like that. No, none of that. Only despair, disappointment, and a little bit of uh, confusion. Uh, So, I mean, (laughs) but while we're on the topic, I mean, with the Drew Brees retirement seeming imminent at this point, it obviously has a little bit of effect on the players that are around him or or a massive effect on the players that are around him, not the least of which being their top wide receiver, Michael Thomas, who actually had no catches in that divisional round game up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's been some conversation around him. I know y'all had a really great conversation over on Locked on Dynasty. What can you tell us about your expectations of maybe Dynasty owners that have Michael Thomas right now and what his fantasy output looks like 
in the future without Drew Brees. Yeah. So if you have Michael Thomas in Dynasty, you're not selling him for a wide receiver two or wide receiver three because you know the potential upside. However, there are some things that make you a little bit nervous that maybe he won't be a top three or top five guy going forward. Obviously, the age, we know Dynasty players care so much about the age when it comes to receivers. Michael Thomas will turn 28 in March. Uh, that gets a little bit scary. We've seen his yards per reception drop down. And then you mentioned up at the top with Drew Brees. You know, we love receivers that are tied to great quarterbacks. Uh, I think everybody here will admit, except for Sean Payton, that maybe Drew Brees to Taysom Hill is a little bit of a drop off. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I still think Michael Thomas is going to be a very productive receiver. But those days of 1,700 receiving yards and nine touchdowns are probably over. Uh, so now we have to re you know, adjust our expectations. I wonder what kind of volume we'll be dealing with in New Orleans now too. And like how things change just if, I mean, if it's Jameis Winston, maybe not a lot changes because you can kind of have, he'll take all those risks, but if it's Taysom Hill or if it's, if they decide to funnel things through Kamara more, like how things will like shift around depending on what sort of offensive philosophy they employ with the new signal caller. Yeah. So that's a really interesting point because if it's Jameis Winston, I actually don't think, you know, we're going to knock him at all. In fact, we might even bump him up a little bit because he's going to start making plays down the field because Jameis can stretch the field. But if it's Mm -hmm. Taysom Hill, my concern is the touchdowns, right? Because whenever the Saints get inside the red zone uh, with Taysom Hill, the ball is either going to him or Alvin Kamar. They're just not going to risk throwing the ball. Uh, you know, when they get near the end zone. So the touchdown volume comes down. The overall target volume probably comes down as well. But now, you know, you have to weigh things here. James Winston is a free agent. Do you potentially hold on to Michael Thomas now, hoping the Saints bring back Jameis and allow him to be the starter? If that's the case, I do think Jameis, or I think Michael Thomas could be, a, you know, maybe the wide receiver one next year. But I'm just not sure how likely that is. I will say this just for context sake. I do know that the Saints plan is to bring back Jameis Winston. Will they be able to will be the other question. How much money is he going to get offered elsewhere? What other type of competition are they going to have around him? All those questions still need to be answered. But for the New Orleans Saints, Sean Payton's intent, as he has mentioned a couple of times, is to bring back Jameis Winston and give him the opportunity behind Drew Brees. It was part of why Jameis came to New Orleans in the first place. So we'll see. Again, that's only one half of the conversation. The other half are the 31 other teams that could potentially, you know, any of those teams could have interest. Do, do you feel like Michael Thomas is still within your top three, top five at the wide receiver position? In redraft, it's close. Uh, the top three that I have right now are Devonte Adams, Tyreek Hill, and DeAndre Hopkins, all tied to really good quarterbacks and really good offenses. We kind of know what their role is. After that, I think you can make an argument with Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, Amari Cooper, those type of players and dynasty. I have him quite a bit lower right now. He's ranked as wide receiver 14. So outside of that top, top 12 that we, you know, are used to seeing him at, but I do think for the next year and in 2022 top five, top six seems fairly realistic. So I, I kind of want to stick with the quarterback thing because you guys were talking on locked on dynasty about some of your top quarterbacks uh, between Mahomes and and Josh Allen, that conversation got a little more interesting uh, in the last hmm. few weeks. So, where do you all fall on that? Yeah, because I think right now, going into you know dynasty leagues next year, you're seeing Mahomes be the number one quarterback drafted, 
Kyler Murray at number two, and then Josh Allen at number three. Well, that's interesting, Luke, because Josh Allen actually finished with the most fantasy points at uh, quarterback this year, 395 uh, fantasy points in your traditional scoring leagues, 37 passing touchdowns, 10 interceptions. And with the news that Brian Dable isn't taking a head coaching job, you know, it's going to be one of the most creative offenses in the league next year in Buffalo. The weapons are still really good and they're all under contract. I think right now I still would take Mahomes as my number one quarterback, just given the safety, the the coaching staff and Andy Reid, all those weapons. But Josh Allen making a really, really case to be the top quarterback in Dynasty going forward. We'll be really interesting to see how free agency in the draft continue to affect the conversation between the two of those quarterbacks too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see which these guys, you know, who they bring in in free agency. Uh, I'm really interested to see what happens in Arizona. Are they going to improve that offensive line for Kyler Murray? Because uh, I think people are a little bit surprised that he finished as well as he did, despite only having 26 passing touchdowns this year. Uh, you know, the 11 rushing touchdowns, 800 yards gives them a really high floor. If they can improve that offensive line at all, and he gets into the 45 touchdown range, like we saw with Josh Allen, uh, that's when it gets really interesting. All right. Well, Marcus, thank you so much for your time and joining us here on the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. Remember, you all can find Marcus at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. You can always find him on Locked On Cowboys and Locked On Dynasty Football. Thank you, Marcus. Yep. Thanks, fellas. All right, everybody. Tomorrow on the Locked On NFL podcast, Tony and James are going to talk about the NFL draft. So if you are not one of the lucky fans of the four remaining teams and you want to get in on that, make sure you don't miss it. And also sometime later in the week, I'm sure Dan Campbell uh, becoming the head coach of the Lions is going to become official and we'll be sure to cover that when that does happen. In the meantime, I'm Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL. This is Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson NOLA. And we will see you all next time on Locked On NFL Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.